Welcome to Coffee with the Counselors. I'm Tanya Barber, school counselor at Star Elementary. And I'm Robin Richardson, school counselor at Iva Elementary. And I'm Andrea Lawless, the school counselor at Flat Rock Elementary. And today we have a special guest with us, Mary Lewis. She is a licensed professional counselor, school-based, and she just recently retired from Anderson County Board of Education. And Mary has worked with the three of us a long time and we mm-hmm. miss her so we are very Greatly. glad to have her back with us for a little while today Mary, thank you Yay. i'm excited We're glad you're to here. be here yes so on today's episode we are going to talk about anxiety and how you can support your children um, if and when they are feeling anxious and i think before we start i want to say because we're elementary school counselors and our kids range from four to 11 or 12, sometimes it's hard for us to pinpoint the word anxiety with our students. You Agreed. know, you have kids that come yes. to us, my tummy hurts, I don't feel right, something's wrong, but they don't know how to explain it. Um, it's kind of like they're confused. They don't know mm-hmm. what feeling they are feeling because, you know, anxiety is tough mm-hmm. to explain to a kiddo. And so I think that the first thing that we should really talk about is how parents can kind of help Get their kids mm-hmm. to understand what the word anxiety means and how to approach that. Mm-hmm. What Sounds would you good. say, Mary? How, um, what would be the best way for well, them to... Well, just kind of a, a, a quick review, and this is not to diagnose, but anxiety, um, and we're not talking about just general, oh, I'm worried about the math test today. Anxiety is more about being afraid, for example, of being away from an adult, the parent, the guardian. It's a... a a frequent or daily fear about being away, that could be one of them. Um, Fear of situations, whether it be school, church, the mall, you know. Weather um, here lately. um, Sure, yeah. that with a couple of my kiddos. Yeah, you know, storms, when they hear people talk about storms, tornadoes, whatever, they can get very fearful and worried um, or anxious, I guess is what we're talking about, more anxious. Um, also worried about future events, whether they're events that they've ever experienced, but a lot of times it's things they've never experienced, you know, and just worried that those things are going to happen in the future. Um, and probably the distinguishing factor is, does it prevent them from functioning daily? Okay, you know, does the anxiety cause so much problem that they can't function on a daily basis? And that's when you know you're in a different a different level of, of worry or anxiety. Right. You know. I was just going to add, um, I noticed in some of our research that um, ages 3 to 17, there's about 4.4 million children mm-hmm. that have been diagnosed mm-hmm. with anxiety, and those are, the, those are ones that are diagnosed. Right. We right. probably have lots that have it, but don't know how to explain it and don't know what it is, and, and maybe they've not been to the doctor yet, or maybe it's been... Mm-hmm diagnosed as something different but they still have those fears mm-hmm. um, so I, I was surprised at that number yeah it, and, and you made a good point it, those are diagnosed um, and there's probably a large percentage that go undiagnosed mm-hmm. um, and you know anxiety and I think this might come up later on as well but you know anxiety doesn't just mean they look worried or scared sometimes it comes out as anger irritability um, Which is also sometimes, um, you know, that can be associated with other things as well, but it doesn't always mean that they're just, you know, scared looking. Um, Which kind of reminds me, too, is that kids, especially elementary age kids, they don't have the language skills to to define 
or describe anxiety because anxiety is a big adult word. It is. It is. Um, younger children know I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm scared. You know, they don't always have the advanced language to define it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you kind of made that point too, which was really important. So now that we have kind of explained sort of what anxiety means for mm-hmm. elementary age kids, so what do we t- what, what do we want to tell our parents? Like, how can we help our children? Um, the three of us, I know probably ten in my building that mm-hmm. I talk to frequently. Um, or that may have some plans in place for them when they get anxious about situations. But how can we help our parents with this? So, like, you know, if a a student is starting to exhibit some of these things, maybe they have that tummy ache every day, or they're crying because they're scared to come to school because it's that, maybe it's that separation anxiety, Mm -hmm. or it could just be, it could be anxiety because they don't know what's going on when they're at school with their families. So how do we help our parents kind of, help their kiddos? I think the first thing is having a conversation Mm -hmm. and don't judge what the conversation is. You know, sometimes as adults, we kind of can be dismissive sometimes if we're in a hurry and we can say, oh, well, that didn't happen to me when I was younger. I didn't worry about that. That's nothing for you to be worried about. Mm -hmm. It's it's not using that language and just listening, Mm -hmm. um, which sometimes is hard for all of us. We just just listen. You know, ask them, tell me about it. Tell me what, you know, when do you start to feel that way? Is it, does it, you feel that way before you go to school? Do you feel that way after you get there? Um, just having the conversation without judgment mm-hmm. and without dismissing the feeling. Because when we dismiss it or act like it's not a big deal, then they're not likely to talk to us about it again. Right. I think, too, the listening piece is also Mm -hmm. important because, like, I'll have a parent call me and say, hey, can you meet with Mm -hmm. my child? They're feeling Mm -hmm. anxious or they're worried about Mm -hmm. um, another kid in the classroom. They're picking Mm -hmm. on them or, Mm -hmm. you know, they're being me. Absolutely, let's sit down and let's talk. But then once you get to talking to them, Mm -hmm. then you find out it really is nothing about, you know, another (laughs) student. It's something even, even more you know, deeply rooted. Right. And as a parent, because I'm guilty of it too with my own children of just kind of be like, we'll talk about it in a minute or, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll be all right. It's okay or whatever. But just really asking those questions and like Mm -hmm. truly hearing what they're saying. And then maybe what you thought was a, you know, Mm -hmm. just a little, oh, so-and-so is being mean to me or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh no, like I'm really worried about this or I'm anxious about Mm -hmm. this or, you know, so... I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier about kids not having the vocabulary to say what they're feeling or what's bothering them. So when they do start talking about it, they choose the easiest thing or the the problem right. in their life that maybe is the least scary. Uh, yes. And then once they get on a roll, then all these mm-hmm. other things start coming out. And then you can see where... Their anxiety is very real to them because it's not just one thing, but it may right. be it's multiple things. Right. And I think, too, another thing, too, like being careful what you say as mm-hmm. a parent because, um, like, my, my child's so anxious when they're having to take this test mm-hmm. or having to do this project or something like that. And then when you speak with them later and kind of 
dig deeper into it. Well, I really just want to please my mom and dad because they want me to yeah. have like an A. When, yeah. you know, the mom and dad are just going to be appreciative that they are trying their best. They're trying Absolutely. their hardest. But maybe they're just like, we want you to get an A on this or we want right. you to, you know, and like a kid will internalize that. And you don't, you don't really realize that, yeah, they are anxious about the, the project or the test or whatever, but it's because they want to please you. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, you're exactly right. It, they're going to, you'll find out it's really more maybe about how they interpreted what the, the grown up in their life meant mm-hmm. um, versus what they really said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's absolutely true. The other thing that, um, that came to mind, too, is sometimes talking about the anxiety right then when they're, well, no, all the time, it it's harder to talk to them when they're anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, when um, when it's a time when you, if you're rushing to get them to school and they don't want to go to school, you're probably not going to get to the deeper problem because they're already upset. Mm-hmm. Their mind is racing and they're upset, you're upset. So the best time to have those conversations is prior to them getting upset or anxious because you're going to listen better and they're going to have better communication skills about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So just in a different time, maybe the night before, um, if you know, hey, the last few days they've really gotten anxious about going to school or they're refusing to get out of bed or they're, you know, whatever the case may be, it's having the conversation before they get upset makes makes a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. I think too, sorry. No, you go ahead. <laughs> you had something else to add. I was just gonna say that once once we kind of figure out what's causing the anxiety with the student and we start trying to work on coping strategies, I think it's important for the parent and the child to practice those strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When mm-hmm. nothing's going on. Yes. Okay. Remember the other day how we just we had a fit in Walmart because of whatever, you know, whatever made you anxious. So remember the other day, and this is what we want to practice. So we're going to practice it now. Mm-hmm. And then they're more likely to use that strategy mm-hmm. or that tip or tool mm-hmm. that they've been taught if they've practiced it when they're not anxious. And so many times I think even for myself when a kid comes to me and they're upset about something, you know, and I'm trying to teach them a strategy right then and there, they're probably not going to remember mm-hmm. it. So I'm going to have to go back right. later mm-hmm. in the day or tomorrow and say, okay, remember yesterday when you came to me? Mm-hmm. Let's practice that again because yesterday you were really upset, and I think we need to practice it when we're not upset. Mm-hmm. So I think parents even understanding that, okay, we need to practice these things periodically and not just one time. Right. Yes. We need to remember their kids. They're yeah. little. They're still developing. They're still trying to understand what this feeling is. And if we just kind of dismiss it as, oh, I showed you this tip, don't you remember? They may not. Yeah. And as grown-ups, we have to remember, too, we have great language skills, and we can explain things, and we can talk them to death sometimes. Kids can't and won't. So sometimes, if especially if it's a younger child, have them draw a picture mm-hmm. of it. Have them draw a picture of what it would look like if they weren't feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, together, draw stick people. You don't have to be an artist to draw a picture. You can draw. I love drawing stick people. I mean, I, it look, they look good to me because I'm not an artist. And so having them draw a picture of what they want it to be mm-hmm. and then referring to the picture rather than just talking and talking because kids tune us out after a while um and and 
and so maybe they're more comfortable drawing it um, or making a picture. Not 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 a big picture, but yeah. just right. a you know just a picture. Um, or if they're trying to describe what they're you know what they're feeling is and they don't have a word for it, see if they'll you know draw a circle and and let them fill in the face. What does it look like? And color too. Yes. Like what color yes. is your yes. Is your face yeah. and those things. are counseling techniques, but they're also things that parents, I mean, everybody has a pencil at home and a piece of paper, mm-hmm. um, sometimes just letting them draw it, um, and then if you have color, that's even better. Yeah. It gives you something to talk about. And putting a voice, too, to what anxiety feels like. I mm-hmm. know, like, as parents, and we're going to talk about this later on about not sharing or not showing our yes. own anxiety because it kind of mirrors to the kids mm-hmm. or whatever, but not when like you're in a state of right. anxiousness. But yeah. one of the activities that I do with some of my kiddos because they don't understand it or they don't know mm-hmm. how to explain it, but we talk about how each part of us feels mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. we're like when we're in that state. Like mm-hmm. we don't have a label for it yet, you know, right. but mm-hmm. like what is your head doing? Like what is your your heart doing? Mm-hmm. What is your fist doing or you know, mm-hmm. what, mm-hmm. what, what are your legs? What's your tummy feel like? You know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So just giving them that language tool piece to use. And then that might would help you understand more mm-hmm. kind of what they're going to. So communication, what about some tips? Like some other things? What would be, you got some. Um, for parents or yes. for, um, you know. Some and, things they could do, like yeah. strategies, toolbox. So, so the other thing um, in having conversations about it, I like to use rating scales, even with little kids, one to five on a scale, you know, on a scale of one to five, how anxious are you right now? And a one means you're good to go. Mm-hmm. A five means, ooh, I'm really, really anxious. This is the most anxious I've ever been. Mm-hmm. I mean, first graders can tell you one to five. Right. Um, but again, I'm a very visual person, and I think children are as well. And so I'll just draw one numbers one through five on a sheet of paper, draw a line just like a little ruler or use a ruler mm-hmm. and say, you know, oh, how anxious is this, is this making you feel right now? Um, or the thought of going to school, is that a, you know, where is that? And it gives you an idea of where they are about that event. Um, but it also gives you an idea of, well, what could we do to maybe get you down from a five to a four? Mm-hmm. Well, mom or dad, if you walked me into school, I'll, you know, or if you gave me a big hug before I went to school, that would help me go from a five down to a four. Mm-hmm. Just things, a, a lot of times we don't realize that kids can tell you what they need. Right. Sometimes they really can. Um, they may say, I need that kid not to be there when I get in my classroom because I know that kid's going to stick his tongue out at me. Mm-hmm. You know, we would have never figured that out if they didn't just say it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes kids can tell you what they need. A lot of times they can't, but sometimes they can tell you what the problem really is. So um, so I like to use those. Um, also, and I think you know, this may come up a little bit later as well, just um, teaching them things that they can do at home which um, I know we're all familiar with a lot of the breathing, um, mm-hmm. the, the belly breathing, 
Okay, example. so let's dig into that. Let's so, talk about okay. some things that we can do at home. Yeah, and well, one of my favorite videos, of course, is from Sesame Street. I was going to bring love, up that video. <laughs> love, it's Kobe Calais mm-hmm. uh, singing "Belly Breathing," and I just love it. I I had it on my computer. I played it all the time. I will tell you, I played it for middle school and high school students mm-hmm. um, as well, and they laughed at me, but it <laughs> helped them understand. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a quick two minute video that sort of tells you what belly breathing is, and research shows that deep breaths can calm us down. Absolutely. So whether we think it's silly or not, um, it's it's a great thing to do. And quite frankly, adults do it; they just don't realize that's what that's they're what doing. They're, yeah. Right. Sometimes yeah. we do it because we're trying to keep our mouth shut when we're mad at somebody. <laughs> So we just take a deep breath, right. you know, in through the nose, yes. and out you know, through the mouth. When you're when you're trying to teach children that that is a strategy, sometimes they think you're so silly, mm-hmm. and they laugh and they think it's mm-hmm. dumb to practice mm-hmm. because they're like, "How can breathing help mm-hmm. me feel better?" Mm-hmm. But I've started making kids do that, like in classroom guidance, mm-hmm. to start guidance and to end guidance. We yeah. just do it. Because it calms them down yes. in the transition mm-hmm. time yes. for their teachers, but also it's developing that habit right. so yes. that later on when they really right. need it, it's already there. And yeah, I feel like you have to teach them. Yes. When, when I'm teaching them how to take a, a deep breath, it's like they're in the doctor's office and he's holding a stethoscope uh-huh. and they're going, <gasps> Yep. Mm-mm. That's okay. not Close it. Close your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Close your mouth. You've got to go in through our nose. Smell with a flower. That's yep. right. And blow out the candle. And good ways to teach them are use bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Get bubbles and they can really see if they're, I mean, you can just throw some Dawn dish detergent in water and get them to blow and then they see that they are blowing it out through their mouth. Um, or I've got some of those little windmill uh-huh. things. Uh, pinwheels. pinwheels. I used yes. to love, yeah, pinwheels are great because they truly can see that they're producing a breath. Mm-hmm. So we know they're doing it right. And they knew they're doing and it right. I don't know if y'all feel this way too, but even like when we start like our whole group guidance with those like breathing mm-hmm. technique things, and I do like a little loosening up, just kind of like a little yeah. five minute yeah. mindfulness warm up. Even when I'm finished leading them in it, I myself am like, mm-hmm. ooh, I'm ready. Feel you better. know, like definitely very calm yeah. feel better. And, yeah. and then, yeah, I need to do better. And I think that brings up the word mindfulness. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, when we talk about mindfulness with kids at school, a lot of them, they go, mm-hmm, and they start yeah. trying their yoga moves. And I'm like, no, that's not really what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but being mindful is just being aware of what right. is going on in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that um, I had read about, I've not used it yet, is just it's it's five things. Mm-hmm. And um, see, I even have to look. It's listing five things they can see. Oh, uh-huh. that's my favorite one. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Yes. So we do. Yeah, we do that and a lot. Four things they can feel. Yes. Uh-huh. And then three things they can hear. Mm-hmm. And two things that they can smell. And one thing they can taste. And the, I think that's great. It mm-hmm. is great. And like doing it in the moment kind of grounds mm-hmm. them, even if they're mm-hmm. anxious or even if they're mm-hmm. not. But another little spin that you can play on that too is before they start five, four, three, two, one. And I learned this when I did my mental health rotation. Mm-hmm. So thanks. Shout out to. I forget her name, but yay. <laughs> yay. I learned this while sitting in on one of her sessions. But um, she added to the piece 
that they thought of their favorite place, uh-huh. like wherever it yeah. was. It wasn't just where you were, like here in the mm-hmm. moment. I know we use the five, four, three, two, one, or I do a lot mm-hmm. to ground a kid, like where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at that present time. But like, think of your favorite place, mm-hmm. like the place that brings you the most calm, mm-hmm. or the place that you think would bring you the mm-hmm. most calm. And then not only are they five, four, three, two, one in it, but they're also using like their imagination, mm-hmm. and it right. really gets mm-hmm. their mind off of. Mm-hmm. You know, and so anytime I ever do five, four, three, two, one with my kiddos, I always like model it. And my favorite place in the whole wide world to be is like at my mom and dad's mm-hmm. house. Like that is just when I think comfort, when I think joy, whatever, mm-hmm. I think of Sunday dinners at my mom and dad's house, you know, and mm-hmm. just something is they're like, that's your favorite place. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, it doesn't have to be like some big tropical, va- or yes, or, right. you know, a lot of kids will be like, Disney right. World's my favorite place. That's great too, but yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Disney World brings me anxiety. Yes, that, that's <laughs> really. Yeah, really. Five, four, three, two, yeah. one. Disney World. Take a deep yeah. breath. That's and right. That's yeah. right. I get excited about that one. Sorry. And and for elementary kiddos, I mean, it's it's important that if the if a parent or you know the grown up in their life decides to talk about and and some of these things and and the kiddo wants to use them, then write them down, mm-hmm. draw a picture of them, something to reference, because they're not going to remember all of the, even if you just have two, um, you know, on a busy day, you might not remember the two that the, the, the mm-hmm. kiddo said he wanted to use or right. she wanted to use. So just write it down somewhere. And one of the um, tricks you taught us, or you taught me, I'm sure yeah. you shared it with them too, and the, and you could do it at home also, but the little D-ring like the little ring of, and it has the cards on it. And like the every time I would yes. teach them a new coping strategy, yes. like we would add mm-hmm. the card to their mm-hmm. little key ring. Right. And then whenever they're having a mm-hmm. moment or something, they get to choose what strategy yeah. that they want that right. will help them calm down instead of right. you know, me making that choice yeah, for them. Yeah, because we can't, you know, kids can tell us what they need. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they tell us what might work, they're more willing to use it. Yes. Um, and each situation may bring something different that they right. need. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Um, depending on the situation, deep breathing might not work. Maybe they need to, to have like a five, four, three, two, one moment, or maybe they need to think about a mindfulness script that somebody has gone over with yeah. them. Um, yeah. I know for test anxiety for some of my kids, we do a script and mm-hmm. we, we cut the lights off, we get cozy, we lay down, we deep breathe. And then I just read a script to them and it's, it's a treehouse script, and they know that if, when I get that test, if I'm struggling, that I just pause it, and for just 20 seconds, I go to my treehouse, because they've imagined it, it's still there, mm-hmm. and it sticks, so that could even be a yeah. tool that they use, yeah. especially for those older students, mm-hmm. and as yeah. they get older, you know, I've got a lot of third, fourth, and fifth graders that mm-hmm. do get anxious, even if it's just a daily quiz right. kind of thing, they just... All of a sudden, they feel that pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though they could tell us in just a, a chat, oh, I know all this. I know how to mm-hmm. do this. I know this vocabulary. And that test gets put right in front of them, and they're done. Mm-hmm. So they need those little strategies. And and I try to share with the teachers, too, what we've mm-hmm. worked on so that they know if that kid has paused their test, they're working on a strategy mm-hmm. for a minute. Mm-hmm. Not to say, hey, wait, get busy. What are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Us adults need moments. Sure. So we need to be able to teach our kids when they can take those moments as well. Something I've noticed with older kids is now with the everybody having Chromebooks, everybody's <laughs> one-to-one, they take the Chromebooks with them to their classes, and they take them home. So those covers on the Chromebooks are clear, and it would be so easy for kids to just 
put their notes on there mm-hmm. of what their strategies are for when they get anxious and just slide it down mm-hmm. in that cover and then it's always with them or maybe it's a picture that helps calm them that's right. true too it's something they've drawn or color and they just slide it in that little pouch well and you said you know you think of um, your mother's house and kitchen and, and go in there and just drawing a picture of they can also if they want to draw um, draw a picture of a place that makes you the happiest that you feel the best you ever feel and mm-hmm. and that's visualization is being able to visualize then what that looks like and then if they have a that picture if they carry it around with them you know it's think you know go to that picture before you start that test and remember how that makes you feel another thing for parents too is is some little something mm-hmm. that the kid can keep with them throughout the day mm-hmm. um i've given worry stones out which I make a big deal out of yeah. because these are actual things I've picked up off the beach that I keep in a little collection I love them. that yeah. they can rub whenever they worry mm-hmm. or get anxious about something they can pull it out and rub that but a parent can do the same thing maybe mm-hmm. it's a picture of mom mm-hmm. and dad or maybe it's one of mom's old pendants or something yeah. that they could give and just keep in their book bag and when they feel worried or missing mom yeah. and dad they can pull it out and rub it or just put it around mm-hmm. their neck or something to have it with them when they need something like that. Mm-hmm. My yeah. kiddos here, when they're the separation, we have like the little bitty um, stuffed animals uh-huh. that will just fit in their pocket, uh-huh. you know, and so they don't really take them out and play with them, but they can put their hand yeah. in their pocket and just like yeah. feel the softness yeah. of it, and they get to pick which one. Yeah. So it's little, little things that you don't even... Things that, yeah, sometimes it just takes something small like that, um, because it's also a distraction in a way. It, it be, distracts yes. from... Oh gosh, I'm going to get worried. Worried? No, I might rub my stone, or I might remember that I have the little stuffed animal. It kind of distracts from the greater worry for right. for a brief time, yeah. and it provides some comfort. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I see your little books there. Yes, because you have I one of my favorite ones at the bottom. This one, yes. Yeah. So um, I think all three of us use books all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, I actually got a new set this um, this year, and it's um, the little spot of anxiety is the one I have today, um, and it's a story about calming your worries, and it just goes through different techniques that the student can use and what anxiety means to a student, um, and of course, I got the little plushy animals that come with it, and so, you know, I take it to class, and Scribble is the main character, and he's confused and doesn't know how to explain his feelings, and so this is how it introduces this book. Um, The other one I brought is one that Mary um, introduced to me a long time ago, but The Invisible String. Mm -hmm. This is a book not just about anxiety, but even Mm -hmm. if a student's dealing with parents getting a divorce Mm -hmm. or maybe their mom has gone off to serve in the military because we have Mm -hmm. a situation like that. Or maybe they have experienced a death. Mm-hmm. This book is just really good to show that there is still a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oh, Robin's favorite. favorite and one of mine is Ruby Finds a Worry. And oh. this book explains worry to kids in a way that they can truly understand. Especially if they've never experienced. been, like, experienced mm-hmm. worry before. Because, yes. like, everything, oh, sorry, everything's fine and wonderful and great. And then all of a sudden something new creeps up. And, like, what is this? I really, yeah. This That's is a, a good, good one. one. We did this during a summer camp yes. a couple summers yes, ago and loved this book. Um, I even went ahead and got some of the other books that address yes, other situations. Yeah. Um, but parents, one thing is if you're still struggling with your kid and they're having anxiety and you're just not sure, please call us. Yes. I mean, Reach I will send sure. books home. And mm-hmm. sometimes kids just need a visual, something else, a different way to explain it. Um, 
and y'all can go through these books mm-hmm. together. We'll mm-hmm. be more than happy for y'all to come in and let's talk together too. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've, we've really said that really communication is mm-hmm. probably one of the biggest thing with parents. Um, and making sure that you validate that kid's feelings. Mm-hmm. And it might not be a big deal to us, but in their little minds, it's a big deal mm-hmm. to them. And there are okay. a lot of resources, too, um, just like videos and mm-hmm. mindfulness breathing, going back to what mm-hmm. you said. Sesame Street has a lot. Yeah. I mean, you really wouldn't. I mean, but they do. I mean, they're, right, they're great. Right. Daniel Tiger for your younger kiddos. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's yes. a lot of great anxious um, yeah. anxiety type things with him and songs. And the Cosmic Kids Yoga. Oh, Cosmic yeah. Kids they're, Yoga they have on a whole YouTube is fantastic. Section, um, mm-hmm. On mindfulness and breathing techniques mm-hmm. that are really great to use. There's also um, another company that I've been using over the last year, uh, Big Life Journal and Big Life for Kids. They have a podcast for kids that they can listen to. There's activities, and it addresses growth mindset. Mm -hmm. It addresses anxiety, even anxiety due to perfectionism. It just has wonderful activities for Mm -hmm. students, but also that parents and students can do together to help them understand what they're feeling and develop strategies to cope with that. Say it again, though. It's Big Life Journal or Big Life Podcast okay. for Kids. And they're free. They are. They're so free. That's the, that's the yes. important thing. They're free. Um, <laughs> yes. Anybody can access them. Yeah. And you wouldn't think we did a yoga series last year, Miss Fortner and I, with a book series that does yoga. And then I did like the yoga stuff with them and the songs or whatever. Uh-huh. And you really wouldn't think, even the older kids, because I just mainly did it with the younger kids at first. But the older kids were like, when are we doing yoga? When are we doing yoga? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then like for weeks after, the little kids just wanted to know, like, can we do yoga again? Yeah. So we ended up buying like the whole series and each month. Like, we did another, you know, yeah, so that was really Mm -hmm. cool to see them. And, I mean, I'm no professional by any means, (laughs) but the the moves and things were, like, very simple to Mm -hmm. where you could. But they really liked that. That was cute. Well, do we have anything else? Do you have anything else? I think, no, I I think that, gosh, all those ideas, they – some of them are new to me. I'm excited to read the book that you have over there. Yes. So um, you can always come back and just <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Well, we'll one let thing you we try did not out. do is we did not talk about I our know, coffee. I can't wasn't going to. I know. Can't so real quick, mine says choose happy, and of course it's got some little fall colors, and I can't help it. But thank you, Miss McClellan. She told me not to give her a shout out, but she provides me with my coffee mugs every month. I love it. I, I, what our person here needs to step, step up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, so mine's. This is from Mr. Powell's office because I forgot mine today. Sorry. <laughs> um, so shout out to Mr. Powell for letting me borrow it. Says this today will be terrific. And then on the back it says, "Let them hear you roar." See, and, and this, I have to give a shout out to Miss Barber for this one. She felt bad for me because I arrived with not a special cup. Um, and mine says, it's <laughs> fall, y'all, which is great because I've been noticing the beautiful leaves right yes. now. Yes, They're real pretty yes, today. yes. All right. Um, My coffee cup today says a day without laughter is a day wasted. And I chose it because laughter is um, an excellent way to diffuse anxiety and worry. And I read some research that said children laugh in the neighborhood of 300 times a day. 
and adults only laugh in the neighborhood of like 20 or less and we have to work on that and part of that is I think because adults are not around other people as much as kids are kids are constantly around other people in school and whatnot but um laughter truly is an excellent medicine absolutely absolutely we thank you for joining our podcast um, video series today we will be sending home um, a handout parents um, to discuss kind of some things that we went over today and we hope you will next join week, us maybe yes yes, yes next week, and friday folder yeah. yes yeah, don't um, <laughs> friday folders next week yes. um, but i hope you will join us again for our next podcast yeah. thank, thank you, you. Thank, thank you mary thank, thank you, you mary. for having me thank you for listening to our coffee with the counselors podcast produced by anderson school district three if you have questions for our counselors or suggestions for future topics, visit acsd3.org to contact our counselors directly.